Hey, you're back um, making your meals, I saw. Your uh, around-the-world meals. In 80 dishes. Right, which I want to clarify is not in 80 days, because <laughs> this has been going on far longer than 80 days. In fact, nope. it's been about <laughs> 80 weeks. a year <laughs> more. What were, uh, what were the most recent dishes? Um, I made some lasagna, as we talked about last part. Right. Um, accounted that for oh right you did post that one a I? region of Italy um, and then I woke up for the Tottenham game at mm-hmm. five thirty on Saturday and was in a bad mood when it ended and something that puts me in a good mood is making food so I sure. just kind of looked at what we had and I was like I could probably make shakshuka right now and I did. So I decided to attribute that to Tunisia and uh, call it good. Sure, you know what's funny is I never actually look in my pantry and just go. I bet I could whip up, you know, some Tunisian food. Sure. Um, I don't. I don't quite have the spices nor the. We are very different, you and I. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but something that we're not so different in Jake is our passion for high quality whiskey. Is that true? No, it's more about the Premier League. <laughs> I was gonna say this is pretty averagely average yeah. priced whiskey. No, it's it's. It is. It's um, nothing special. But Brent, some, some teams, I guess a team uh, that's not playing high-quality football at the moment. Uh, we talked about them a lot at the beginning of the season, a lot last season. Yeah, even a lot kind of recently. Yeah, but uh, we're going to talk about them again because a 4-2 home defeat to Wolves. We're talking about Chelsea. Yeah, no, there's only one team that fits that bill currently. And uh, it's also coming off of a... Four conceded goals against Liverpool in the match before as well. Two goals conceded against Luton. And then one against Palace, two against Wolves. This is just in their past few matches. They are bleeding goals like Leona Lewis has Oh, I had it. I had it, yeah. and I was going to say it. Yeah, well, you could have let me just finish my bit instead of trying to <laughs> cut it off. I'm so sorry. Or shake it off. <laughs> New album coming. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Jake, they are in wretched form. I mean, they did get another Cole Palmer goal. He has been a bright spot this season for them, uh, except for his comments allegedly about um, not really wanting to leave Man City. I didn't see those comments. Yeah, well, that's a, allegedly. I haven't seen the interview. Okay. Um, but I, I saw a couple Where things. are you getting your sources? I saw a couple things on Twitter um, that X. were saying that uh, – or excuse me, X – that um, – Apparently, he had an interview that basically said, like, I mean, I didn't look into it. It didn't look like one of those spam accounts, like, he says, you know, whatever. But it just said, like, apparently Cole Palmer didn't really want to leave Man City, but he didn't think he'd get the playing time, so he felt like he had to. But he still loves the team. I wonder when that was taken. It was after they played Man City. Ah, I mean, you really shouldn't say that. Right. But I would I'd let him off the hook, if that's the case. He is really... For someone of his age to be pretty much pulling Chelsea up by uh, by his bootstraps, by the bootstraps, bootstrap bill, yeah, um, not not an ideal situation uh, after coming from the best team in the last ten years, and uh, you know. Where are, they, where are they sitting now? You got the table? I, I can get the table. I was. Gonna, it also came after because he scored a ninety plus five penalty to draw them. Like, I know four yeah. four. Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Chelsea currently sit at 11th in the table at 31 points. Uh, Wolves went above them with that last That's result. Um, Wolves also have a better goal differential. You're not going to believe this. They have zero even, and Chelsea have minus one. So that's tough. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth hot on their heels with a game in hand, four points behind. It's not looking amazing 
for Chelsea, if I'm completely honest. But, um, you know, I, I try to be like Abe the best that I can, you know, nice. to be honest. But, um, yeah, Jake, they also sit in 10th. For uh, or I'm sorry, that's that's for wins. Excuse me, I was gonna look at at their goals this season. Mm-hmm. So give me a second to pull that up. Do 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 do. No, you can talk. <laughs> uh, um, I was gonna say, no Europe this year. Yeah. For them to focus on the league, they're still doing this poorly. Um, obviously we we've touted their bad signings. Um, as one of the reasons, Cole Palmer being their only good signing so far, it appears. Yeah, totally. They're, they're an eighth for goals scored. So it's just, I feel like, more of a testament to how many goals they're conceding. Sure. And they, they've spent a good amount of money a on lot. their defense. Granted, well. they've had some big injuries yet again with Reese James, Ben Chilwell, sure. although he's back. Uh, I wouldn't say those are their defensive defenders, though. Yeah, but still the replacement. I mean, Malo Gusto has been fine. He's been a bit of a bright spot, yeah. but they still have had some issues at the back. I never thought that I'd say this, that they're missing Kepa <laughs> as a goalkeeper. I don't think Sanchez is a very good replacement. At the point, they were spending so much money on talent. Petrovic has been fine, but like he just came from the New England Revolution. He wasn't ready to be a Premier League starter. Dude, what? MLS, look at how ma- MLS is high level. I know. Well, there are plenty of good goalies at, that have come from the Look at Inter-Miami on their world tour. They're doing That's so true. well. That's true. But, I mean, the U.S. has produced some decent goalies like out of the MLS over time. But that doesn't mean that this is the right option for Chelsea right now. Now I realize there are injuries, but like you just think that with how much money they were spending, they would have brought in a better goalkeeper. Yeah, I I mean we can go back to that signing and and say it wasn't ideal, but they did lose Kepa very late on, so it's not totally. like there's a ton of goalkeepers out there, and it's such a weird position because of the fact it's the only one on the field and you can't move them anywhere else like a striker you, you could put out wide. Um, so you, you really can have some, you know, weird and not great options if you lose a keeper late like you did with Kepa. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that's – Sanchez had a very good spell at Brighton. He did. Until he didn't. Yeah. Um, and then you bring in a, a, a young um, a goalkeeper from the, uh, you know, MLS who looks like he could have a positive and bright future. I don't hate that. It is a bummer that Sanchez is hurt. I think he played fine. Uh, he wasn't like the part of their team that people were calling out the most. Right. It was the 100 mil signings that just that were not playing yeah. well at all. And he, if you're going to spend 100 million three times in yeah. two windows <laughs> yeah. and none of them pan out. I mean, Caicedo and Fernandez are fine, but they're not the game changers that they paid for. Right. And Mudrik obviously is the one that people like to point out because his goals and assists are not there. He doesn't look up to the speed of the Premier League. But or I, the physicality. Right. And I, it's tough because he doesn't play a lot because he's been playing so poorly. But Caicedo just does not look like anywhere near a top five CDM in the Premier League. And the fact that he cost what he did... It's pretty shocking. Dude, but he just got an assist. And and I think, yeah, you know, obviously they didn't spend any money in, in January, which, you know, they spent so much in previous windows. It's fine. I just think it's going to hamper their their future windows because FFP is now becoming a thing. Yeah. It's going to lead to them selling Connor Gallagher in the summer to whoever can pay $40 million for him. 
And uh, it, it's going to break down kind of their youth system because that's the best way to make their money back. What youth system? <laughs> I mean, they, they were. They have plenty they, of youth. They used yeah. to be touted yeah. for their extensive youth system because they had so many players out on loan, they wouldn't actually give up all their players. There have been more restrictions on yeah. the amount of loan players you can have, and that's lessening each year, actually, is part of the, the plan. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't see a good direction for Chelsea. Pochettino, I mean, there's a school of thought where it's like, well, we've sacked X amount of managers in the last four or five seasons. We should probably hold on to one for a longer period. But is that the best reason to hang on to a manager that's not getting results? I don't think so, but I also think it's hard when Pochettino seems to be in a situation where the board is just throwing players at him and saying, make it work, Sure. rather than getting players that fit him. I mean, I think the most telling thing for me probably is the fact that Raheem Sterling retains his spot week in and week out with zero production because he's kind of the only player that has the experience and has the play style, I feel like, that fits how Poch wants to play. Sure. Everybody else, he's just kind of, like, trying to piece together. Like, the fact that they have Nico Jackson and Nkunku, and they bought him in the same window to play essentially the same position. Um, you know, I I realized that Nkunku could fall back off the line a little bit, but then you still are dealing with your midfield issue where Pochettino clearly likes Connor Gallagher. He's retained a spot all right. season. But then you have Enzo and Caicedo, and you have Mudrick, and you have, you know, so many other players mm-hmm. that you're trying to accommodate into a team, plus all the defenders that they've brought in. I think I think this is, for them, one of the growing pains that comes with just signing a bunch of young players and bringing all outside of the Premier League players into the league. It's not like they're signing young Premier League players from Southampton or you know from Bournemouth, and they're you know kind of bringing them through the ranks. They're Premier League proven. They've brought in tons of outside players that are young and inexperienced. I mean, even Nkunku is only 26. It's not like he's an old player, an experienced head. And they're just throwing him into the Premier League with Thiago Silva saying, like, you lead them and make it work. Caicedo's the only one that has the Premier League experience, and he's probably been their worst midfielder so far, like, of of the group. So that's a little bit disappointing, I'm sure. But when you look at the rest of their team, it's not like... Like I said, I think that it's growing pains. It's not like... They've got world beaters that have done it in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and they're underperforming. I think if they're committed to this youth movement that it seems like they're doing, it's going to come with bigs up, big ups and downs. That's just a reality. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we <laughs> when they brought in all these players, we, we kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt, saying, you know, it's going to take some time for yeah. them to all mesh and be on the same wavelength, uh, be incorporated into a new system again with a new manager. Um, but it's been... What, what are we at, 20-something matches? 22 or 23, depending there on the team. So we feel like there should have been enough time for them to mesh. I understand that there have been injuries, but yeah. that happens with literally every club. So I, I don't think that's like the one excuse you can fall back on um, when it's been such a prolonged um, tenure for this poor form. Um, I will say, you know, potentially give... I say to the benefit of the doubt for now, um, as a Spurs fan, they, they saw the same thing with Basuma in his first year, moving from Brighton to a, a different system and a bigger club. So maybe Caicedo just needs that time to mesh in. Granted, Caicedo has already played more games than Basuma did in his first year with Spurs because of injury. Um, but, you know, potentially, if you let them kind of get into the flow of things, and if you can keep Pochettino around... 
uh, for an entire season and get that system in place. Potentially, that could you know do some good. We talked about in Cuckoo uh, previously on how he could you know drop back a little bit, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, we called it the deli roll, um, which is not like a deli roll. Nice. Deli alleys roll. I heard it when I team. said it, and I was hoping that you'd say <laughs> a <something>. hoagie. <laughs> we call it the hoagie. Um, but then, yeah, he, he encroaches on that Enzo slash uh, Gallagher kind of role where they like to get forward. Um, so then it squeezes out one of your mainstays in midfield. So I don't know. It, it's going to take um, a little bit of tinkering and a lot of trust in Pochettino if, if you're willing to give him that as the Chelsea board. But I don't know. I think two more poor results on the trot, and I, I think that's enough, especially in a Chelsea um, hierarchy that likes to see turnover in that managerial role. I think he may be gone. Well, that's also under Abramovich. I mean, this is a new regime. We don't know okay, that it's going to be the same thing. You know? I mean, I, I think the other thing that's not helping them is that this is just kind of a weird year in the Premier League for recent history where – Everybody got so accustomed to the Man Cities and Liverpools ending with like 95 points, 100 points, 90 points. Right now we're only on pace for Liverpool, who's leading the league, is on pace for 84 points to win the league. It's just, I think things are returning a little bit back to normal where there's a lot more parity. I mean, this is the most parity I've seen in the Premier League in a really long time. Yeah. And I think recency bias will have younger people saying like, oh, it's like the first time. But a lot of the old Premier League seasons used to be one with like 70 points, mm-hmm. maybe 80 if you were an exceptional side. But there are times where I, I'm pretty sure the Premier League one was one with like 67 points one time, where there, I think there has been parity in the past. And I feel like almost things are going back to normal, where teams just don't end with you know, one loss and three draws in a season. There, it's just kind of going back to a time where that's become the expectation, and maybe it's not unrealistic for these teams to finish with lower sure. points than what we're used to because the Premier League is just in a better place. Are yeah. you looking it up? I am looking it up. Um, notably, Leicester City, 68 points. Right. There you go. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. Like, like, I feel like we've just become so accustomed because of the last – 10 years to like 100 point 90 point seasons sure it's not like this is so abnormal in the premier league to see teams not doing that well um oh i lied i'm such a liar what? i'm so sorry that was goals oh 68 goals they, they had 81 okay um but there are instances early on like with 75 early. yeah that's in the I, 90s maybe i'm thinking of like early before premier league but potentially um, but yeah it, it's it's I was actually going to compare it to the last two years. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not going to be a underdog that's going to win it. It's going to be Liverpool, Arsenal, or Man City. Or Villa. It's going to be Liverpool, Arsenal, <laughs> Man City. Um, Tottenham? No. Luton. <laughs> Ask me next week. <laughs> if we had beat Everton, I would have been like, oh, maybe. Re- remember yeah. the 100 points we gave Luton? Oh, yeah. So. The point increase. Yeah. Um, but it's not like any other year. that There are... Um, teams that, you know, obviously you look at City, who had who won with 100 points right. previously. 98, 99, um, and 93 um, were the, the winning totals in the last uh, four last Right, it's years. just unrealistic like to keep that going and have teams that are so far ahead. Absolutely, and I think, that, like you mentioned, the parity is, is great for the league, and I think having potentially a three-team run-in 
in the last couple of weeks is going to be great. And it's going to be an amazing spectacle for the neutral. And uh, it's going to be very nervy times for fans of those three teams. Totally. Um, but Brent, you, you did mention our hypothetical 100-point increase that we're going to give Luton. They might not need it. They might not. They might be able to stay up without it. To win the league, I should say. <laughs> they would need it to win the league, but not to stay They up. don't need it to stay in the Premier League, Jake, because they are in flying form led by Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat. I was gonna <laughs> Pretty sure I know that name. Yeah, no. Um, Elijah Adebayo is in scintillating form. Four goals in his last two matches. Um, Jake, it just seems like everything's finally clicking for Luton. Click. Um, nice. If you go back further, he's got five goals in his last five matches for a team like Luton. I'd say that's pretty impressive, especially for a player that's so physical. It's not like he's like a great technical player. He's just a big, strong guy, and he loves, you know, he's a hold up play, link up play guy. And Jake to go in their last five, drawing Newcastle 4 4, putting four past Brighton to win 4 0, drawing Burnley 1 1 is funny, just considering the circumstances yep. <laughs> lost to Chelsea three, two. So they're still scoring and then beat Sheffield three to two. They're scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. No, Brent, they are. Um, and for a team that couldn't buy a goal to, to begin the year, I, I don't have it in front of me, but they, they were not scoring a lot to begin the Premier league season. And we were worried because they were shipping tons of goals. And that formula just, uh, if I think about it, doesn't work out usually. So it's nice to see someone uh, stepping up for them, and it's it's pretty interesting that it's not their talisman from last season who really put on a show in the championship in Carlton Morris. <laughs> Sad. He was on my fantasy team. Yeah, he was on mine too. I dropped him, and yeah. then you picked him up. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Or the way around. Maybe. I don't. Either no, way, I, we've both dropped yeah. him. I think I drafted him. Ooh. <laughs> because it got to like the, one of the later rounds. It's yeah. like, I don't have any strikers. Anyway. Anyway, um, so it's nice to see someone um, like Elijah Adebayo, not Bam Adebayo, um, in case right. anyone is still confused. Although, have you ever seen those like hypothetical 11s for if any um, U.S. sport right. athlete would, would play, play soccer? soccer like, yeah. He'd be a goalie, you know? I think you'd probably say that about any NFL athlete or NBA athlete, sure, though. You know, you know, forget I said big, anything. tall, strong, good hands. I mean, what more do you need? Jumping, um, jumping, cat-like reflexes. Yeah, but yeah, um, for someone that was maybe second fiddle um, last season to now play a prominent role in this great form that they're in. Um, they were briefly dropped back into the relegation zone when Everton picked up a point, but you know came right back out after, unfortunately, uh, giving up two goals, not near the end. It was just after they got their 4-2 sure. lead, or else they could have been, you know, had a little, bit, little daylight in between them. Totally, and I mean, their next, their next fixture, um, I think, is an opportunity to further distance themselves. They play Sheffield at home. Um, and they do have a game in hand on both the Bees and Forest above them and Everton below them. So they win and they go I above the Bees. That. Yeah, two above. So um, that, that makeup match is also away to Bournemouth for the record. So not an easy but match, not the worst, but not the considered. worst. So they do go to, or they play Sheffield at home, then they play United at home. Man United, they go away to Anfield, home to Aston Villa, and away to Crystal Palace over the next five. So 
this is a telling run for them. I think the one place maybe they're saved is that their last three matches of the season, depending on when Bournemouth gets rescheduled, is Everton, West Ham, and Fulham. And that could be a big decider for them headed down the stretch. Yeah, especially because outside of Everton, it's two teams that are going to be in no man's land. Exactly. Um, So not a lot to play for. I will say this upcoming match against Sheffield, honestly, could be one of the more exciting games of the Premier League season. Because if you're not picking up points against Luton, as if you're Sheffield, you're going down 100%. So it might be like a last gasp here. If they lose this fixture, I think that, you know, their their fate is sealed if it's not already. No, I agree. I mean, there's 16 matches left. They certainly don't look good. They don't. Um, so I, I think this is kind of like last roll of the dice. If you have a new formation or anything that you can slip into this game where it's like, oh, let's try this because nothing else is working. Right. I think that's when you, when you do it for Sheffield. And, that, and I think Luton have shown that they have the firepower. So this could be like a 2-2-3-2 two, two, two sort of situation. Yeah, just like their last match a few weeks ago, five weeks ago. Between the two? Yeah. There you go. So I think we could see another one of those matches. And, uh, n- you know, not usually one that we mark on the calendar, but definitely one to watch if, if you're not watching your own team. Definitely. And and the whole promotion relegation reminded me that we haven't taken a quick peek at the, at the championship in a while. Ooh, I can take a guess, I think. Sure. Just based on my, my you know, outer knowledge of sure. the lower leagues. There's um, one team that is clear and far Lester ahead so far. Leicester is clear and yeah. far away because I'm still a big Harry Winks fan. Which, it's only an 11-point lead. But top two get... Top two go up yeah. automatically. So you'd have to have... But it's a 12-point lead on third place. Like it, you'd have to they're have still two, very you'd far have ahead. Have two teams do There's very 16 well. matches to go. Sure. So you never I know. I think they're going up automatically, and then it's Ipswich. Nope. There's been some movement. Sorry, they're third? Fourth now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They fell off. It's because yeah. they got rid of Dane Scarlet. Yes. Um, so then it's going to be, oh, my gosh. Not Sunderland, is it? No. They're in eighth. It's Southampton. Oh, Southampton. Yeah. They're they're at 61 points with 29 matches where, played. Uh, Below them are Leeds. I was going to say, a, where's the other one? On Leeds. a big winning streak, Leeds United uh, under Fark of all of all managers. Um, but, yeah, they're at 60 points with 30 matches played. Then comes Ipswich, who have 59 points with 29 matches. So they have the game in hand against Leeds, but they're not in very good form. Three lo- or three draws, one loss, and a win in their last five. Then West Brom, Hull City, and Coventry round out the, the the rest of the top seven, which is kind of the contentions for those playoff spots. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Coventry back um, just because they're so close last season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Hull City doesn't excite me. They've been in the Premier League before. Yeah, it is West Brom. Neither is West Brom. There's also one of those teams that, you know, lingered in the Premier League for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, back when I first started watching. Uh, but, you know, I, w- I would uh, – we hate – not hate, but there are a lot of times where we don't want the teams that just got relegated to totally. come back because, I don't know, they're, they're not as fun to see those teams that you already know. And a lot of times they're playing negative football. But Leicester, I think, are playing very good and watchable football – Totally. They have two um, new wingers that are you know unfamiliar to those that only watch the Premier League that I think will be fun to watch um, if they come back up. So uh, outside of Leicester, I don't really care. Do yeah, you? I would say uh, a quick shout-out also to Morgan Whitaker, 
who is of Plymouth Argyle and leading the league in scoring. Nice. They are the bottom. They are in the bottom half of the table, and he's the league's top goal scorer. So that's kind of fun. Plymouth Argyle too. Shout out to Ashley Phillips and Alfie Devine, who are on Plymouth Argyle. Sure. On loan from Tottenham. Nice. Um, so keeping them out of relegation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going strong. But no, I agree. I I think. I mean, I love to see new teams recycled. I'm not surprised to see the teams that went down doing this well right away because. Leeds had their big clear out of players from the ones that they had just brought in to try to stay up with yeah. lots of loans, a few sales. Southampton have always just been a consistent, I feel like, youth team. And I feel like they, they don't have that high of a wage bill, so it's not like they had to have a huge clear out. And then same thing for Leicester. It's, I mean, Vardy's probably their highest earner, and he's now 38, yeah. 37, 36, somewhere in there. So. Old. Old, so and I'm the, not surprised. And the Red Bull makes them older. Right, Red Bull gives you wings. We're not sponsored by them. Did also, you know that also they give you wrinkles? Did you know that they had to change their advertising to add two eyes to it? Yeah, or the multiple eyes because it was false advertising. Sure. Yeah, it was a whole legal legal thing. That makes sense. I didn't actually notice when that changed, yeah. but I noticed that. But now it changed. it's wings. Um, but yeah, I I mean, Southampton Southampton is interesting because they just got rid of Alcaraz. Sure. Carlos Alcaraz, who went to Juventus or something? Alcatraz. Um, which I thought was an interesting move for a team that was knocking on the door of automatic promotion. Sure. Um, to, to get rid of someone that was a, a big playmaker. They probably them. need money, though, dropping down. Totally fair. Um, so I hope that they can continue to improve while losing a player that you know wasn't like the, the main man, but definitely was contributing and uh, someone that was you know, part of their attacking sequences. So hopefully they can fill that role. Um, was Plymouth Argyle in League One last season? I think so. Sounds right. And I think they were in League Two, like, in the last five or six years. Yeah, so they're on an upward trajectory. Yeah. So hopefully they can keep that going. We love to see those random teams uh, yeah. competing for promotion in the championship. Absolutely. I know they're not now, but maybe next year. Well, and the part of the reason I wanted to cover that, Jake, is because we won't have an episode next week. Right, so it kind of covers... Our bases. All of it, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll be gone. It's my fault. It is You could do fault. a solo pod. I've done one solo pod. Um, it was fine. Never again. <laughs> I, I just don't feel the need to. Do you feel the need for speed? I do. Because i got to get out of here. Well, Brent, then I can close this out here and say that from the Premier League podcast... With the coziest dress code. The coziest dress code, Jake, being pajamas, which, I mean, I, I would sleep in what I'm wearing. You, you got some jeans, yeah, but. I know, sorry. Um, New jeans. We'll be inverted, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.